Hello. In this week's episode, Reverend Judy reads the gospel for us and Indira preaches. Enjoy. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, maltreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe, and he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Ever since the first moments of me exploring ordained ministry, I have been asked why I have been drawn to this path, and I have explained that I would like to help people, help people get to know God through the ordinariness of everyday life. I envisaged that this would involve all the things that we do here at St Mary's, such as celebrating alongside people as they go through life's joys, such as weddings or baptisms, and journeying alongside them as they negotiate life's trials and tragedies. I am now beginning to wonder if perhaps I've been a little naive. Things are seldom as clear-cut as this. Take, for example, weddings. A wedding is supposed to be a joyous occasion when two people are joined together in holy matrimony as they make a lifelong commitment to love and honour each other. Simple, right? The reality is somewhat different because weddings seem to have the power to bring out the very best and the very worst in people's behaviour. For the happy couple, there are decisions to be made and expectations to be met. Do we really have to invite your great aunt Agnes? You've only met her once and she's not even a real aunt. Do we really have to invite the children? Is it okay to insist that everyone wears formal wear and nobody but the bride wears white? 
Somehow, the couple's love and commitment to each other becomes less important than the rules and conventions of the wedding day. In today's Gospel reading, we have heard of a wedding that had a not-so-happy-ever-after ending. This wedding party, this is a wedding party that is full of social expectations and conventions that the wedding guests seem oblivious to. It is the third of consecutive parables that condemn the religious leaders' unfair treatment of ordinary people who are trying to live faithfully. This parable, like all parables, is not intended for literal interpretation. It is not a real-life account of an actual wedding that took place, but a fictional story that is designed to make us think. So what are we to think about this wedding, whereby the first invited guest refused to come, and the people on the second guest list were too busy to attend? The host responds by burning down the city. The king, however, is a persistent fellow and invites a new cohort of guests to this very strange celebration. These guests are ordinary people, both good and bad, who have been gathered off the streets to take the place of those who refuse to attend. What on earth are we to make of this story? And how are we to understand the meaning of the guests being bound hand and foot and tossed outside for not wearing a wedding robe? This parable has been used over the centuries to bolster Christian anti-Semitism. It has been interpreted as saying that the Jewish people are the ones who failed to respond to God's invitation and that Christians are those who have been invited to replace them as God's honest guests. This is, in my mind, a dangerous misunderstanding of the parable and misses the deeper, urgent message about God's kingdom. In our attempt to understand this parable, we must look at it in context. As I said earlier, it is one of three parables that Jesus told to draw attention to the Pharisees' unjust behaviour. The tensions between Jesus and the Pharisees has been growing. The Pharisees are looking for ways to entrap Jesus, testing him with trick questions and made-up scenarios in the hope that he will make a mistake and pounce on him. Jesus responds by shining a light on their hypocrisy. If we skip forward to chapter 23, we see Jesus's unequivocal condemnation of the Pharisees and the scribes. Woe to you, hypocrites, says Jesus over and again. Jesus shines a light on those leaders who spend too much time looking good going to the right parties and making the right connections, but neglecting the needs of everyone else. Their hearts are hard and their attitudes towards the poor and needy is cold, and Jesus sees them for who they really are, hypocrites. The word hypocrite is an interesting word. It is Greek in origin and literally translates as an interpreter from underneath. It was originally used to describe an actor or stage player who would speak from under a mask. Jesus is using the word hypocrite to draw attention to the Pharisees who speak under the metaphoric mask of respectability. They merely recite the words of the Torah 
and they do not live by them. There is a great contrast between the way the Pharisees expect people to live and the way they themselves behave. And Jesus is not fooled, not one little bit. The mask of respectability that the Pharisees hide behind makes Jesus angry. Appearing to do the right thing is very different from doing the right thing. And that's what this parable is about. Throughout history, God has called out to his people and invited them to live a life of justice and mercy. He wants each person to be a blessing in the lives of others. This is what kingdom living is all about. God does not want us to live an outward life of religious respectability while masking an inner life of cold-heartedness that keeps us distant from God. Jesus invites us to put down the mask and to stop hiding who we are. This takes courage because for many of us, the mask hides painful truths that we would rather remain hidden. But we don't have to hide from Jesus. He will bring healing. Removing our masks and living an authentic life does not mean confessing our inner lives to each person that we meet. Learning who to trust, when to share and when to hold back is important and requires careful discernment. I would like to suggest that a good place to start the process of unmasking is in prayer. Be courageous and show God who you really are. Tell God what ails you. Let him hear your pain. Ask him for healing. He will listen and he will respond. Today's gospel reading is challenging, but there is hope to be found in it. The king in the parable is grieved when his invitation to a lavish and generous banquet is ignored. He is understandably hurt by the way people respond to him, but he doesn't give up. Instead of holding a grudge, he keeps on seeking people to hear his call. However unsuitable they may appear, they are all invited. And the person who is thrown out at the end of the parable, what about him? Well, I think he was, a little, he was acting a little bit like the Pharisees. He wanted to be seen at the party, but his heart wasn't really in it. And this kind of resonates with me. I have definitely been to parties where I just want to show my face and then leave as quickly as possible. The guest is called out by the king. But did you notice what happened before he was thrown out? He was asked to give an account of himself, but he was speechless. I wonder what would have happened if he said something. I wonder if the king would have shown mercy if only the guest had asked for it. God promises healing and that healing is possible for all of us. He wants us to be in relationship with him. We must do more than just show up.
we must participate in the, in the life that we live and we and we will get things wrong and when we get things wrong we must turn back to god and ask for his help taking off our masks takes courage but when we do so we can live fully in the present assured of god's love and the kingdom to come Thanks for listening to Tarpod. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like it, please subscribe and share with a friend. Have a good week and see you next time. God bless. Mm-hmm.